friends, are you unsure of what to say on social media or what to even send in your weekly emails? Well, what if creating content could be easy? Would you be looking for a shortcut to creating consistent content? Yes, consistent content, because you know consistency is key. Well, let me tell you, you are not alone when you feel like you're struggling on what to post or what to write in emails. And we know that you have that product part of your business down. But as you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know that to get more people to your products, to buy your products, you need to create great content. Oh, I know, I see. I keep saying content, and that's the dreaded C word. And we can't tell you how many product bosses tell us that they want to create great content for their audience and their customers, but they don't know what to say, or they are so busy, they can't find the time, or they really, really, really don't want to be the face of their brand. Well, no worries, because that's exactly why we created a year of content. It is your shortcut to creating consistent content that resonates with your audience and brings more loyal customers who can't wait to buy your products. If you want to see how easy this is and how easy it is to create content for your audience and your customers, head to www.ayearofcontent.com. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sitap, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my fellow female-founded co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sitap. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. That was like like full alliteration and very confusing for a minute. (laughs) In my own brain as well. Um, We're so excited to bring you this very special podcast episode. We are actually recording it live in our groups. um, But this is a small biz founders episode where we are going to feature small business owners that we just think are doing amazing things in the world with their product-based businesses. And so yeah, so without further ado, we're really excited to have on Kelly Kussman. She is the founder of Kayla Gray. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you guys for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Oh, we're so excited. We've been able to work with you for the last year in our mastermind, which has been incredible. And if anyone's watching live, they can see her beautiful background that she hand-painted that matches um, the aesthetic of Kayla Gray. But let's um, share with the audience what your business is, what you sell, and just a little bit more about it. Okay. We're a uh, luxury brand of clean fragrances. Um, And uh, for me, what clean means is non-toxic, hypoallergenic, no parabens, phthalates, or anything that can harm you in our products. Um, And we do, we have four core scents in both perfumes and candles, and then we do quarterly uh, scent releases as well. Amazing. Amazing. And is it handmade, manufactured? Yes. Handmade. Handmade. Yep. Amazing. And you're out of Arizona. So just an incredible business that you created. We've actually had the pleasure of meeting um, Kelly in person too. Mm -hmm. 
whenever that was. A fellow investor <laughs> in light pink. Yes, I was going to say just a couple months ago, but I have no idea. I actually don't know. Fall? When yeah. <laughs> um, and it was awesome. And she actually had the event that we went to is the light pink um, investor dinner. And she had given everybody a gift of Kayla Gray and the perfumes. Um, and it was amazing. We got to actually bring it back with us. And then we also have been sent stuff. So we actually are very spoiled when it comes to Kelly and sending us Kayla Gray stuff. But it's been amazing because we've actually got to meet her in person. So this is super exciting. Yeah, it was so great to meet you guys. It was such a fun event too. It was. I wish we had more time to just sit together quietly in a corner, but you know, it's, it's how it goes. So let's go back a little bit because you have incredible experience. Like that's one of the reasons we're so honored to work with you in our mastermind too, is just your background in the product space. So let our listeners know kind of, you know, what you did before you became a full-time product boss. Okay. I was actually, um, I live in Arizona now, but I was born and raised in Wisconsin. Um, uh, went to high school there, went to college there, went to Marquette and then University of Wisconsin. And then actually I landed my first job um, while I was going to school. Um, and my first job was uh, as an assistant buyer of fragrances. Um, and I just like, it was my dream job, right? I mean, you know, a college girl, like being able to sell cosmetics and perfumes and like all the fancy, cool, beautiful things. Um, and I, re- I remember like sitting in the fragrance closet uh, and totally falling in love with the way that like fragrances make memories tangible. Like I remember, do you guys remember the fragrance slide called Demeter? No. Oh man. It was like, they had like individual scent notes. And I remember we were going to, we were thinking about bringing the line into all of our stores. Um, and they had one called, it was just tomato. Um, and I remember smelling the tomato and it like literally brought me back to my mom's garden growing up. And like us, like, leaving in the morning and then like, you know, running around the, the woods and the streams and all of that stuff and like stealing tomatoes and snap peas off of her garden for lunch. And it like literally brought me back to that moment. And so fragrance has always been like super special because it was my first job in retail. Um, but I have been, uh, before I started my small business, I've been in retail for almost 20 years, um, kind of worked my way up uh, the corporate ladder. So I was doing buying, was doing Sourcing, procurement, financial planning, project management, um, production management, um, logistics, fulfillment, uh, pretty much everything you could possibly think of. Um, so I, it gave me like a really well-rounded background um, in just like business and especially retail in general. I love that. I mean, it, it, it is so true. Memory takes you back. I remember the first time I smelled, smelled sandalwood and it took me back and I was like, a kid again. It reminded me of my grandma. And I was like, what is the scent? But I didn't know what it was. So it's like, you only have the memory and you have the scent. But if you don't actually know what it is, it's just like, oh my gosh, like, what is the smell? And it was at a massage place and they're like, oh, it's sandalwood. So now I actually can, you know, select it out. So I think it is such a beautiful way to capture your memories. So that is such an awesome story. And I didn't realize there was a scent named tomato, which is funny and odd, but cool. <laughs> but cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> we would all be intrigued to smell it. We'd all be like, yeah. what does uh-huh. it smell like? Um, so I'm not sure. Are you, ta- can you mention the companies you worked for or are we, should we talk generally about it? No, I totally can. Okay. Um, so my first company that I worked for was a company called uh, Carson Perry Scott. So they were a subsidiary of Saks Fifth Avenue. Okay. Um, I think I was with them for over 10 years. Um, and then moved over to, um, it was a grocery store chain, kind of local to the Midwest, um, Roundy Supermarkets. Um, I was a category manager for them for their natural health and beauty. Must segment. be a Wisconsin one. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, Wisconsin <laughs> and Illinois. It was really, that's it. Okay. Um, and then PetSmart, I actually moved for a job at PetSmart. That's where I spent the majority of my career. Um, I moved to PetSmart for a job in Pets. Good Lord. I moved for a job at PetSmart in Arizona in 20, uh, 2010, actually. And so I was there until 2020. Um, yeah. And it was uh, a beautiful company to work for. Like the culture there and the leadership is they're just phenomenal. And I, I gained so much experience just from being um, in that company alone. I left, I was the senior director of sourcing and production. Um, I created and, and stood up that entire team for the company uh, the last two years that I was there uh, and loved every second of it. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. And I think we, we, you know, a lot of times you offer such great advice about it too, because as small business owners, a lot of times we don't have this kind of experience that you have working for these major retailers and um, seeing what it looks like behind the scenes with more help, more, you know, um, all the people that are probably underneath you that have yeah. micro sections of business to be responsible for versus we are handling all of the things. So I do love it. You know, we'll refer to you sometimes when, um, you know, people are worried about inventory or buying or, and you were in charge of sourcing and production and you're like, this is normal or this is how we went about it. Because a lot of times I, I feel like we're scrambling in a different way as small businesses, or we think we have to do it because people are demanding it in a certain way. Um, with, fair as that platform for wholesale, while it's awesome, it's also a totally different way of doing business, which is different than for bigger businesses, how business is conducted. So it's definitely a very good perspective that you have, which I love. Um, do you... It's I've, I've worked with... I have friends that, from the fashion background, like they've worked at Nike and um, Athleta and Gap since like the beginning, right? And I remember having a conversation with one of my friends who was head senior director of fashion, I think for Gap. And she wanted to start her own clothing line. And we were talking about it. And I was just... There was so much she didn't know on the smaller basis. Because when you're in a big business, you handle one part. You don't know the whole umbrella. And I've started so many startup brands that I know the whole umbrella from a small business perspective. So what would you say like... What, like, how did you jump out of this amazing paying job and say, I'm going to just like risk it all and, and go in and start my own business in fragrance? Yeah. So it was, um, it's always been a dream of mine to be an entrepreneur. Um, my dad was an entrepreneur. So I got to watch him kind of do it um, and see like how exciting it is to build something of your own and, you know, create the culture that you really want, you've always wanted to have. And like, you know, you can actually bring that to life. Um, you know, but it was scary, really, really scary to walk away from. A, a paycheck and big bonuses and just, you know, the security of that job. Um, and so it was, it wasn't until 2017, actually, um, that I suffered from a ruptured ectopic pregnancy and almost lost my life. Um, and we lost our first baby as well. And then it happened again in 2018. And it was after those two moments that I realized, like, life is really short. What am I doing? Like, I need to go after my dreams. I've, I've, dreamt of building this business for decades. And I just, I've just been too scared to do it because of the things you just mentioned, right? Like I have a ton of experience in operations. Like I can get a business up and running in no time, but new customer acquisition and like PR and accounting, you know, like I had huge teams doing all of that work for me um, to make sure that my businesses and my brands were successful. Um, and so it was, it was scary to take that leap, but it was really after those two moments for me that really shook me and kind of shook me to the core that I realized like, what am I doing? I need to start, I need to do this and I'm smart enough to figure it out. And if I'm not failing is okay, as long as you learn from it. 
Um, and so I decided to start Kayla Gray and I named the company Kayla Gray, um, because that was going to be the name of our first baby. So I wanted to kind of honor the heartbreak by putting some beautiful things out into the world and pour my soul into a project that just meant the world to me. So yeah, started the business, started working on the business in 2019. I was still working full time. Um, as I was working on, you know, the business, I would work nights and weekends on Kayla Gray. Um, and, uh, yeah, so started working on it 2019 launched on black Friday of 2020 and was able to leave my full-time job in May of 2021. So almost coming up on a year now. Wow. That's crazy when you put it in such a nutshell, you know, (laughs) um, I think one of the things that really stands out for me, for you, uh, um, is that you really have a, an ability, and I don't know if you learned this in the corporate world or the bigger businesses, but one of your superpowers is that you're a great connector. You really are such a great connector that you, as an entrepreneur even, that you are really resourceful in finding the people that you need to help you or mentor you or coach you or be friends with or whatever it is, you know? And so is that something that's innate to you? Is that something that you learned before? Like, what would you say that that's how, how would you say that skill set has helped you? Um, I think it's a mix of where I learned that. I think a, like I'm pretty type A, a little bit controlling. Well, a little bit. I'm a lot of controlling. Let's be real. So like for me, if like things are not being done efficiently, like it drives me insane. And if I don't know the answer to something, like why sit in that feeling of, I don't know, like I'm going to go out and figure out who I need to talk to in order to get that answer. Um, And also it was really ingrained in me. Like when you're running massive dollar businesses, um, like you don't have time to think about something. You need to figure out what the solution is to every single problem. You need to go to your CEO and say, you know, here's a problem that we're facing. Here's 15 solutions for you to choose from. What are you comfortable with me implementing? Um, and, and so you need this to like be very quick, react very quickly. Like you can't sit in something for very long. And so there were so many times when, you know, especially when I was building new huge teams and huge divisions within a large company, like I just needed to find the right people to figure out how to do things properly. And I didn't have time to waste to do that because every second that I wasted was money that that was costing my company. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think it was a little bit of of both of, you know, my type A craziness and, you know, just not being able to not find the right connections. And I brought all of that to the small business. Um, and immediately hired in the areas of my weakness, like immediately, because I knew that if I didn't, it was just going to slow me down. Um, so I saved a lot of money um, in order to be able to hire immediately. Yeah. And I'll say, and I'm, and we've known you for a year, so we've known your story, but for anyone that's listening, we are so sorry for your loss, but your resilience Thanks. is incredible. So like the story around your business and you know, bringing the baby's name into the company and just all of that, but your resilience too, right? Because so many of us just go about life continuing the way we've always gone and something really big sometimes needs to happen to shake us right as like a wake up call or like a change and unfortunately a lot of times it's health right we 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 ignore our health until our health really matters and it's on the line and so your choices that you've made are obviously very um you're very resilient and you're also very courageous in what you do so i just want to affirm you. you on that before we move on <laughs> thank you yeah and i i also don't think it's that your a type i was thinking more so so it's your leadership ability you know that's something that i kind of envy about people is that they have this leadership ability i think it clicked for me one time that somebody said um you know great leaders are ones that do their work through others you know and i think that's you like that's 100% like you 
do what you do and then you find others to do what they do, you know? And um, so it's been an amazing thing to see you build a business and do it so quickly and do it in the way that you've wanted to do it. And you're, you know, I think everybody listening can see how clear she is with leading a team or leading, you know, her brand or leading, um, leading where she wants to go, you know, and I think you've called it a type, but I don't think that that's maybe what it is. I think it's just her leader. Were you, but were you born a leader? Like I know a type we feel, you know, some people are, are one way versus the other, but do you feel like you were born a leader or was it something that you learned in the progression of you being working for others? Um, I feel like it's in my personality. I mean, I was starting eBay businesses like in my teens, you know, like I, I would buy like wholesale lots and break them into chunks and then sell them, you know. Oh, you're speaking my love language. That's, yeah. Incredible. I love you so much. <laughs> we could have made millions of teenagers together. <laughs> millions. Like it was just so I think, you know, and I would like, yeah, I just think it's always been in me, you know, and for whatever reason, I just didn't have the foresight or the confidence to know that like I can... You're, this is where you're supposed to be. This is what your calling really is. Um, so yeah, I, you know, and a lot of people say I'm just like my dad um, and he has extremely strong leadership abilities. And like, I mean, yeah, he's just incredible. So I take that as a huge honor. Amazing. Did you have any entrepreneur? Was he an entrepreneur or? Yes, was that? he was an yeah. entrepreneur. Yeah, that's right. So did he ever say like, don't do this or he encouraged it? He absolutely encouraged it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's good. You know, because some of us like Mina comes from a family that wasn't entrepreneurs and it was like assimilate yeah. and my family was, were entrepreneurs and they were like, try it, you know? So it's interesting yeah. how we all find our paths to entrepreneurship, but then the support that we had growing up might look different, but we could still all do it. Well, I think that that honestly was the main reason I joined Product Boss is because while my dad built his business, he built his business 30 years ago, right? And so like, I can go to him about like, exactly what you're saying, like leadership things, like things we talk about, like morals and ethics and like, what is your gut telling you to do? And like, you know, talk to him about bigger picture strategy things, but I can't go to him about an Instagram ad. Like he's going to be like, I have no idea. Like we didn't do that when I was building my business. And I, all of my girlfriends, none of them are small business owners. And so I had to spend a lot of time networking within my community here in Arizona and also reaching out to other small business owners just to kind of learn how to do things a little bit differently from corporate life. Um, and the Product Boss Mastermind was a huge component of me like really opening my eyes to how other small businesses operate um, and like where I can take my strengths and, and kind of apply them and where I was very quickly able to see my weaknesses within just like talking to everybody within the group. And so um, the Product Boss Mastermind was a, a huge blessing for me when I was starting because I didn't know that many people. Hey friends, are you unsure of what to say on social media or what to even send in your weekly emails? Well, what if creating content could be easy? Would you be looking for a shortcut to creating consistent content? Yes, consistent content, because you know consistency is key. Well, let me tell you, you are not alone when you feel like you're struggling on what to post or what to write in emails. And we know that you have that product part of your business down. But as you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know that to get more people to your products, to buy your products, you need to create great content. Oh, I know, I see. I keep saying content, and that's the dreaded C word. And we can't tell you how many product bosses tell us that they want to create great content for their audience and their customers, but they don't know what to say, or they are so busy, they can't find the time, or they really, really, really don't want to be the face of their brand. 
Well, no worries, because that's exactly why we created a year of content. It is your shortcut to creating consistent content that resonates with your audience and brings more loyal customers who can't wait to buy your products. If you want to see how easy this is and how easy it is to create content for your audience and your customers, head to www.ayearofcontent.com. You joined the mastermind because you were qualified, right? Like you were already yeah. on fire. Like you started this business and it was doing yeah. really well. And we were like, whoa, you know, we were seeing you on all different influencers were posting. And yeah. it's like, I knew you before I knew you. So um, what, where do you sell now? So people are like Kayla Gray, what, what was your, so you launched your brand and then did you just start selling direct to consumer or what was, what was your sales process like? Yeah, I really wanted plan. to be um, 75% direct to consumer, 25% wholesale. Um, and I really wanted to start very small with, small, with wholesale um, because it really can affect your margins if you don't grow it in the right way um, and you don't plan for that growth. And so the first year, you know, my plan was 75% direct to consumer, 25% wholesale. And then you know, that'll shift a little bit more towards 50-50 over the next few years. Um, so we're in over a hundred, I think we're at like 130 boutiques now across the country, um, smaller retailers. Um, and you know, one thing that I do, I want, and I want to continue to do is my seasonal launches. Like we only release that direct to consumer for anybody who purchases on our website for the first 30 days. And then I release it to the rest of the wholesale channels. Um, and I do that a, because I want my customers to be going to my channels directly in order to find the newest and funnest things. Um, and also we create only small batch quantities in all of our limited edition. Um, and so if, if we sell out, then, you know, that's okay. Um, that's I want to make sure that my customers have first pick at that. Um, so that's kind of been my strategy when it comes to uh, stores versus direct to consumer. But I guess like the startup part, sorry, I mean, I want to dig a little deeper in this. Um, the startup part, I was amazed at how quickly you got going, right? So you knew operations, like you said, but the fact that you basically hit six figures within your first year, there is something there, right? That a lot of people and people who are watching live are struggling with still to get to that six figures, even even though they've been trying all the things. So what would you say was your path that you were able to execute? Like, I know you don't have a ton of products, but how do you think you were so successful so quickly? I think uh, it was twofold. One, um, really getting out there and marketing yourself. Like you are your best spokesperson. Um, I didn't, when I first started, um, I launched and, you know, on Black Friday and I didn't even tell my background or my story until like two months later, I didn't really think it was important. And coming from a corporate world, like we don't hear backgrounds of like all the brands that are in our shops. Like it's, it's either a great product or like, sorry, like we're not interested. Um, it's a very different world when it comes to small business. And I, I learned that extremely quickly. Like after, I think it was 60 days after I launched, I told my story and the feedback I got from people and the connection that I made with people going through similar situations created like an instant connection between my brand and those customers. And so I spent a lot of time creating connections um, and kind of talking about like the why behind my brand. And it instantly created those connections that people felt good about purchasing my products. Um, and I have kick-ass products. Like you have to make a really, really good product. My product is you know better than a lot of the luxury brands out there. And so I think you know, it's both networking and really getting your story out there to anybody and everybody who's going to listen to you, um, making sure you have a great product that, you know, people are wanting to buy. Um, and then the second piece was really, I tested 
everything. Um, I tested an influencer campaign. I tested sending out, you know, influencer bo- unpaid influencer boxes to people that I felt really resonated well with my brand. I tested PR for a couple of months. I tested, um, you know, Instagram and Google ads for a couple of months. Um, I tested different markets, different pop-ups to just see what worked for my brand. And then I really tried to capitalize on those opportunities that, that moved the needle. Um, I don't, every business is so different that there's just, there's not one way for everybody, right? Like, you know, my business is completely different than a jewelry company that needs to do things totally differently. Um, So I think until you test and learn, like you're just going to kind of be spinning your wheels a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Um, you, for all of you that are watching, you'll see Emily Tubes of Tubes and Co come up and, um, on our next interview. But I think that you two are very similar in the fact that you leaned into, you were very dialed in and hit the ground running and you are willing to invest. So when we test and try, um, at the beginning, you have to be willing to try organic paid and partnership. And a lot of people don't do you know, a mix of those. And it really, they only want to test in one or they're only willing to do something that they've been doing for a long time or something that they're comfortable with. And the people that end up doing very well, like you and Emily of Tubes & Co will be after this, is that you've invested over and over in your business to make it more clear. Your branding is off the charts too. And your customer can like you said, instantly say yes or instantly say no, you know? And I think that that is really beneficial when you're starting out because it, it's like a magnet, you know, it either attracts or repels. The faster you can get to that, the better because it's having the good products is everything around the product too. And if you have to kind of wait to see, get the feedback and realize that it's the wrong customer or the pricing is wrong or you're attracting the wrong um, people with your your branding, everything around it, then it just took more time than um, really investing, going hard and doing, like I said, a mix of paid, organic and, and partnership and having a dialed in brand, like being, you've pivoted very, very quickly, you know? And even now, for example, um, we were talking, you know, post call, you were saying that you were doing um, wholesale trade shows, right? And there was one that wasn't going well. Um, was it Atlanta or Dallas? I can't remember which one. Uh, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. It was only on the first day and you yeah. made certain tweaks immediately. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the next days were upticks. So it wasn't where, you know, you just take action very quickly too. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, um, what you see on the roster for the things that you're going to be doing for Kayla Gray and, and where you feel, uh, what, what you've liked and what you haven't liked. Yeah. So I think, you know, especially like launching a brand in 2020 during the pandemic was wild. Um, <laughs> so I can't believe I decided to do it then, but nothing was stopping me. Like I was just you, you didn't plan it. on pa- a pandemic. <laughs> I didn't plan on it. I was going for it anyway. Um, so, you know, going through all of the ups and downs in 2020 and then all of the ups and downs in 2021 and now all of the ups and downs in 2022, like you think 2022, like you're, you're coming in with a bang and things are going to be great. And literally 2022, January, the balls in my rollerballs were out of stock for like six weeks. And then a truck broke down and like, you know, I wasn't able to get glass vessels for like seven weeks. And my launch that was supposed to be in the middle of January it just wasn't going to happen. I literally launched today. That launch that was supposed to be in January, I launched today. And I think time is money, right? So like I could have sat on it and like, you know, stewed about it and like 
you know, been all upset about it, but it is what it is. Reality, it is what it is. You pivot, adjust, and move on. And I think for me, in all of the different things that I said that I had tested before, like testing, using a PR firm, testing, like just organically, like going out and talking to shop owners, um, every, like every single time I would get a piece of feedback, I would pivot and adjust. Um, an example would be like on my packaging, because I'm a small business, I couldn't afford to purchase different packaging for every single cent. And so I have the same packaging across the board. But when you go and talk to retailers, like you have to figure out a way to designate the different scents on their shelves. And so me going, I literally would bring my entire product line and go talk to shop owners and say, what are the barriers to entry in your shop? Like, what do you think about my product line? Give me some feedback. Um, and so I created stickers, put them on the top of the packaging. And that's how we differentiated. Like, I think it, for me, pivoting and learning quickly, like if you sit on something for too long, you're wasting your time and you're wasting money. And so I go out and ask for feedback for anybody who will listen to me. And I take that feedback. Um, and it feels, if it feels good in my gut, I'll implement it. I don't implement everything. I think, you know, um, some advice is not always the best. Um, but you know, in your gut, like what, what you're supposed to be doing and what you're not. And yeah, so that to me, like, that's what I've been doing and, you know, it's been working. I love that. I mean, you're definitely, you know, the feedback is, is where the fortune is and the quicker <laughs> you can get it, the better. Yeah, um, but it's asking for it, right? Okay. So many of us go into this world and we start a business and we don't want any feedback or coaching, or we want to do it the way we want to do you it. You have to filter that feedback. So the caveat there too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but we're not even exposing ourselves. Like, yeah. like the fear of exposure and the fear of feedback. Like I went to fashion school, art school, and constructive criticism. I mean, you literally would stay up all night doing a project and had to put it on the wall. And then the entire class, including the instructors, would look at your your project and break it down, right? Mm -hmm. And you had to listen and take that feedback. And that constructive criticism, I think, comes up in different ways. But for some of us, we haven't ever been experienced. We haven't done that. So it feels like criticism versus, versus constructive and growth. So I think for everyone listening... It's the things that I hear Kelly sharing with us is one, she put herself out there like right away. She's like, who do I need to chat with? What support do I need? You know, like you paid for courses, you paid for um, masterminds, you're in other groups as well. Um, you also networked, right? Like you found people. Um, yeah. You went and talked to store owners, like you were very mm -hmm. precise, but you had a plan and then you yeah. acted on that plan. And so if anyone feels like they don't have a plan, it's a good thing to just think through, okay, what do I want to do? You said 75% direct to consumer, 25% to wholesale. That doesn't mean it's like $1 million and you're breaking that down. It's just as you go, you're like, this is where I'm going to focus. My first $100, 75 is going to come direct from to consumer, 25 is going to come from wholesale. And then you just progressively grew from there. So I just love everything that you've done to get to where you are in such a short time. Yeah. And some actionable things for all of you that are listening, you know, that's why I love in person. I, it, that's why I call it a boot camp. Like if you want to learn sales, you get your butt to an in person thing because it will mm -hmm. instantly teach you how to be a good salesperson because you get instant feedback from people, good or bad. Mm -hmm. And so it's not even like feedback where, you know, um, you know, you talk to a shop owner and they tell you exactly. It's you actually see visceral reactions to your product. So as customers come in, they're like, oh, not for me, or oh, yes, for me. You decide if those people are your ideal customer or not. And it's like something that's super, super helpful. I think the thing that you did that was so successful too, was that you took the... You gauge their reaction and 
saw how much people connected with your story. And so like, let's say somebody walks into your booth, your booth, let's just call it, you know, your brand Mm -hmm. booth. Then it's like, you realize very quickly that these people needed to understand why I created this, why I love fragrance so much, why they should buy it, why they should connect with it. And then you move forward with that story. I'm telling your story is just a muscle. It really is. Mm-hmm. I know some people like they're like, but what story do I need this, you know, big story? And it's not true. You just need yeah. a connection point, you know? And then you test that story. You know, when I say test, you just practice speaking the words. And even when I hear you speak, it you are so eloquent. And this is probably like uh, I've heard you tell your story a lot of times and every time it moves me because you sell, tell it in a certain way, you know, and we saw you in person and you told this, your story too. And it's tied me forever to your brand forever, you know? And so I think that for all of you, if you could take that feedback as well of, you know, it's a feedback, but also the connecting, figuring out what the connecting point is and getting so crystal, be like Kelly and... <laughs> Be like Kelly is our new phrase. But here's the thing. I bet a lot of people listening are like, but I haven't had something like that happen, you know, and and, and it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Because everybody has a reason that they started their business. That's your story. Like it's, it's that, it's that simple. Like had I not had, you know, that happen, like I still have a reason I started my business because of my passion for my products. And because I wanted to put like healthier products out there for people. So every there's a every, there's a reason you started your business. So what is that? I mean, that's your story. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Thank you for saying that because um, we we all have and we connect with different people. So who do you mm-hmm. want to connect with? So um, you know, Kelly doesn't only have moms that have experienced loss that are buying yeah. her. It's expanded past that. So different people. So exactly that. She's going to attract people that are like, I'm looking for clean fragrances that are beautifully packaged and that are good for me, right? And that's another subsect of her customer base. So as long as you are figuring out what's important, what your story is in your business and that you can share it and you share it repeatedly, my friends, we do not just share it one time. Yeah. It's not like, I'm going to tell you the story today and then never tell it to you again, but hopefully you found this somewhere on the World Wide Web. tomato story, I'll never eat a tomato again without thinking of you, you know? I'm going to find that and send it to you. (laughs) It's good. It is. It's good. Are you holding a box cutter? Yeah, oh my gosh, yes. Was that on the camera? <laughs> I was like, what is she holding? And I was like, you know you're a product boss when. <laughs> so I think that even so if everybody thinks that their story has to be, you know, um traumatic or scary or huge or, you know, life-changing, I it doesn't have to be that big. Even the connection of the this that was such a beautiful story, right? The the smelling the tomato, it transported you back to the memory of being in your mom's garden and picking um, the tomatoes and um, the other vegetables and everything um, and or fruit, I mean, whatever a tomato is, okay? She's <laughs> <laughs> like, I think people grow things outside, but I have no idea. <laughs> they come from the grocery no, store, no? It is a vegetable, you know? <laughs> but what I'm saying is that it's just being able to relay a story, right? So not does she, not uh, Kelly doesn't have one story, and it's her story. She has many stories because we, as humans, are complicated. We have layers of stories and and multiple reasons why we start businesses. So that's why I want you to think of like when you tell a story, it's a muscle because you're not telling it in the same way a lot of times, or you're not telling the exact same story. You know, it's 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 
your journey, you know, that's why business and, and um, your life are so blended. And I think that you articulate that in such a great way and you, um, and you capture people that way. So I want people to start thinking about that feedback that when, you know, are you excited to tell that story? And if you're not, then it might be a different story Mm. or, you know, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be, it, it just has to be relatable in a way where somebody resonates with and they're like, Oh, like I get it. You know? So a couple things that I want to say, if Kelly's story has resonated with you, you all, we're going to share how you can buy from her, but send her a message over at Kayla Gray Mm -hmm. on um, Instagram. We'll put the link in the show notes. Also, if you want to share your story with us, send us a DM over on Instagram. So go follow at the product boss on Instagram and send us a message with your DM uh, with your story. Or when we post this episode, leave it in the comments. Um, so I want to wrap it with Kelly, with you sharing a piece of business advice for other fellow small biz founders. Um, I would say try everything once um, and try. And like, for me, the biggest piece of business advice is it's test and learn, uh, test and pivot, you know, I'll give things 90 days to kind of see whether or not they work out for you. And if they don't pivot, move on to something else. Um, so that, that's my biggest advice is don't be afraid to try something. Failure is not Failure is a bad word out there, but it's really, it's not a bad word. It's just knowledge, right? It's just knowledge and power that can help you make different decisions the next time around. So good. Um, so share with our audience how they can support you, buy from you and follow you. Um, so my website is kaylagray.com, which is C-A-Y-L-A-G-R-A-Y.com. And then on Instagram, we're at Kayla Gray Co. Um, and then me personally, it's um, Kelly underscore Ward underscore Kusman. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I know. Sorry about that. I'll have to put that in the show notes as well because they're not going to remember that. Um, but those are the best ways to get a hold of me. Amazing. And make sure to, if you align with the story, support the small biz and small biz founder. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was just such a delight. And thank you for sharing your story. Thanks for having me, ladies. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive. And we are all about helping each other in the product boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. This episode is brought to you by the Shop One in Five Pledge and Small Business Shopping Directory. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. So head to shoponeinfive.com to take the pledge. And friend, while you are there, check out and shop from hundreds of small businesses in the Small Business Shopping Directory. It's the go-to directory to discover, support, and shop small businesses all in one place. Head to shop1in5.com.